We are back in the football shed. My name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. G'day. Nice guitar, Jeff. Just gotta let that horrible A just bang. It's really hanging in the air. Yeah, yeah. like a smell. And uh, talking of smells, Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. <laughs> Um, how are we all going? What are you drinking tonight, Rod, uh, Jeff? It sounds like a good named beer. It is called a Tight Red Togs Summer Ale. And it's got a man in... A man with a beard in budgie smugglers. Um, it was cheap. I've gone back to cheap. <laughs> gone, back, gone back to cheap. $16 for six. That's a few dollars per beer. Wow. Yeah. Do, do you know, my beer is considerably better than your beer. And it only cost me $15. Shut up. Yep. Shut up. Bargain. Where from? Are you drinking? Well, I don't care where uh, from. Uh, it's Stomping Ground Pale Ale. It's one oh. of the better pale ales around in Melbourne at the moment, in my opinion. But I went to uh, the what's the green one? Green shop. The green uh, shop. Yeah, like I've uh, got the green and white sign. It's not as the Woolworths. Woolworths. <laughs> um, and uh, I have I have like an orange card. Like a rewards card thing, <laughs> yeah. And I usually forget that it's in my wallet, but it was, must have been front and center as I was paying. And so I got it out, and I was like, "Oh, I got one of these." And then I did it, and she beeped it, and then she was like, "Oh, you've got ten dollars uh, of um, credit. Would you like to redeem that now?" And I was like, "Yeah, all right." Um, and she said that'll be fifteen dollars. The so green and white shop. There's two shops in Australia. <laughs> well, I forget. But is it Safeway? Is it Asda? Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, I'm on the uh, Audi red wine because you know it's the best. Oh, back. Yeah. Like, that's definitely a real medal. I see yes. over there on that one, John. Um, but yes, welcome to the Football Shed. We are a weekly podcast by three English blokes who live here in Melbourne. Uh, we record each week in Jeff's shed, hence the name Football Shed. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Um, if you enjoy it, make sure you give us a review, uh, preferably a five star one. Subscribe and tell your mates about it. Um, if you want to get in contact, you can shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram to search footballshedpodcast. Um, and we also have a fancy new website, which is probably not that new anymore. No, it's still shiny, though. But it's still shiny. Um, footballshed.com. And every week we start with a question. And this week's question is about a certain man called Vincent Company. Vincent Vincent comes Saint Vincent, the hero, <laughs> the leader of men, the the what was it? The the man amongst men, the broadest shoulders in football. Vincent Company, As you Jesus can... himself, Vincent Company, who <laughs> who landed from his spaceship only to inhabit Manchester with pure joy and freedom. William Vincent Company Wallace, <laughs> who freed the Scots. Can I say my question now? Yes. <laughs> As you can tell, Jeff's um, not quite on the Vincent Company train <laughs> as everyone else is. Um, but J- Vincent Company did score a bit of a wonder goal on Monday night, Tuesday morning our time. Oh, the pre- greatest goal of all time. <laughs> Predictable Company. Man City, though. Predictable um, spadge in the top. Sorry, let me have his question. Roger. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> can you name the month and year when Vincent Company last had a shot on target from outside the box? 25th of December, Christmas Day, the second coming. <laughs> Never. What year? I don't think he's ever he's ever hit a shot from outside the box like that. Never. Um, no, he had a shot outside the box on target in December 2013. Just on target, not scored. No, not on target. Because this is the first time yeah. he's scored yeah, a goal. Yeah, yeah, not his goal, just on target. Do you know... Wow. Uh, Six years ago. He's got as many goals from outside the box as Rupan Nistelrooy. <laughs> That's, That's incredible. incredible. Yeah. But also, Tim Howard. <laughs> oh, 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 I like all of these. <laughs> Um, do we want to talk about Vincent Company first, or should we talk about the game this morning, Liverpool beating Barcelona 4-0? Uh, I think it's just, sorry Vinny, yeah. old mate Saint Vincent, but get off our running order, you cunt. Let's, let's talk about Liverpool. Um, Liverpool beat Barcelona 4-0 this morning. In what a lot of people, not to poo-poo on it too at the start, but everyone's saying it's the greatest comeback of all time and the great, most amazing thing ever. Barcelona lost 3-0 in the quarterfinals in a second leg last year and went out to Roma. So it happened 12 months ago. So it's not the greatest of all time, but it is one of the most incredible games of football I've ever seen. It was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Now, I think everyone knows my disposition as, uh, when it comes to Liverpool. And yet, I was... Invested? 
not only invested, I was thrilled. Yeah. I genuinely enjoyed their success because I, I think there's um, no matter what you think of Liverpool Football Club, no matter how much you hate them, and rightly so, that hatred comes from a good place. <laughs> and and if that if if that's the if that's real for you, then I respect that. Um, but you can't fault the the atmosphere that they create, the passion they create, the emotion they create, the kind of nights that, that exist in football that brings people who don't like football on board. And you can you can try and like defend the sport itself in its spirit to someone who doesn't like football, sit them in front of a nil-nil and they don't get it. You sit them in front of one of those nights at Anfield and they understand, they hear the singing, they see the camaraderie and I can do nothing but give them absolute respect for what they do for the game as a whole. This morning at work, I usually, like, if there's a big game of football in the morning, I might have one person at work come up to me and talk to about it, maybe two. About 8, 10, 15 people were calling me just going, did you watch the game this morning? Liverpool fans, non-Liverpool fans, like, everyone loved it. It was so good. And it's, um, you know, I think that Liverpool will continue to have fans even if they don't win anything. And I still yeah. think there's a fairly chart, fairly good chance they may not win anything this year, yeah. although the double's back on now. <laughs> I think there's every chance they play Spurs in the, or Ajax in the Champions League final and lose, because it would be a very Liverpool thing to do. But because they're fallible, and also because they, you know, they ride these waves of emotion, people love them. And you can see why people love them, even though it's not necessarily success. It's this, you're right, Jeff, it's like the it's the history. I mean, I know they had a lot of success going historically, but kids now don't know that. But mm. they will still, you know, Liverpool will have a thousand new Australian fans tomorrow or young kids just from that game. And like they started with no Firmino, no Salah. Um, Robertson got injured at halftime. Like, they basically should not have won that game. Divock Origi is now the best striker in the world. <laughs> Wijnald Bloom is now the best number ten in the world. Who comes off the bench? Like even Shakiri got a start. We haven't. He's he's been missing for the last six months. My favourite thing about Shakiri at the end of the first half, he gave the ball away a couple of times, and you're a bit like, oh, he's not really doing it. He came out in the second half, and you could tell he just ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. And when he came off. Klopp gave, gave him a cuddle and it was more of a just like you can sit down now he was so exhausted he just gave everything and that's down to Klopp getting the most out of players making sure that they believe in the idea believe in the system especially someone that hasn't been playing and Shakiri has a reputation for being a bit of a sulk so yeah. I think to get, to be able to get that reaction I, I agree with you you have to give total credit to the manager and he did produce a pretty good cross for in my opinion the best goal of the night as oh, well like, Ronaldo Bloom's head up yeah like the oh, like a salmon <laughs> like, I love it that when, when someone leaps like that and he got the hang in the air and then a great cross I was just and especially because that was the one to make it 3 all. that was just a brilliant brilliant goal and not to get too far away from the emotion of it because I'm sure there's been a lot of rhetoric around that mm. every article you read is about how it's a magnificent night yeah. and he, I mean yeah. there's a lot that bothered me about football this week with all of that shit but mm. I'm going to I'm going to let it go <laughs> uh, you can see uh, why people have got excited I can see maybe. why people yeah. are excited good on you yeah. get excited eat a cupcake everyone's alright um, however it, it, it was an advert for the high press <laughs> that was that one <laughs> because you know the way we talk we talk regularly every season we yeah. talk about a new phase in global footballing tactics yeah. and when we were discussing through the Leicester season you know the, yeah. the concede possession play counter attack yeah. we spoke a lot about tiki taka football and we spoke a lot about the Man City machine the, the Liverpool's high press is performed so immaculately that you have to have the fitness, so they have to be able to do it. They have to all buy into it because if you're a, if you're one of their front three players and you're constantly down the necks of a, of a defender and it's not going for you, and then you see someone else not do it, you think I'm completely wasting my energy here when we, you know we're not trying to win the ball at back that height of the pitch. But when the whole team plays a high press and they've set traps and they play traps. What happened to Barcelona? You know, we saw in the first leg that Barcelona retained possession. They played out from the back. They they are they created that, but the high press can defeat that when done immaculately. So I, I think if um 
if, if we've learned anything from this, it's that there is tiki taka itself, even when done perfectly, there is there's a natural cycle that's gonna that's gonna go mm-hmm. over it. And you look at clubs that are playing a high press right now, you think that in the next couple of years they will be more successful than they are now because it's gonna be players are gonna buy into it more. Well, and, I don't know if it's sustainable though. Like I, uh, Klopp is the way Klopp coaches in his press. He he has always been able to win individual games. So we look at, you know, he's the only manager that's got a winning record against Pep. As he's never know. lost a knockout game in Europe with Liverpool either. There you go. Uh, apart never, from the finals. Length. Apart from finals. So a two-legged yeah. tie. Yeah. yeah, so he, we know that he can do that. And I think part of that is the press. There's, there's As long as you've got everyone completely organised and buying into it, there's almost less that can go wrong because it's, you know, it's the sum of parts rather than um, something that's as intricate as, say, Peps tiki taka, mm. um, but the question is whether it is sustainable for a whole season to then win. So Ninety-four points, right? I know. <laughs> Ninety-four points. So maybe Klopp is now show, but I'm, it's very hard to do, and they still may not win, which is why I don't necessarily think it will become. But, yeah, but you can't say it's not sustainable. They literally had as much energy last night as they had on day one. No, no, no. And but they're I mean, on ninety-four points in the Premier but League. Klopp's yeah. never won a title. Well, he has been won one with Dortmund, but that's yeah. But he's not won cups where he struggled in like cup finals, individual. Like he's lost the last four finals with Liverpool. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's, so it's what do you think that is? Um, mentality I don't know I don't know whether it's too emotional in a final we've talked about this before whether in a final Klopp because he's so emotional that because it's it kind of becomes a bit too much when you're 3-0 down it's almost easier to be yeah. emotional because Barcelona went into that game thinking we've won this game we've got this just make sure we keep the ball and Messi will get us a goal at some point and Liverpool just went, we're just going to go really hard and give it a go. And if we end up losing 2-0 on the night, it doesn't really matter, does it? But they said they were going to do that all week. Yeah. Like, it's not like it was a surprise. Like, fuck, the whole week building up to it, Klopp just said, all, all or nothing, we're just going to you know, go, go for it. it. If you would have offered them, so you said that about finals. If you At the end of last year's Champions League final, when they lost, if you said, right, I'll tell you what, I'll let you play that again, but you can have any keeper you like. <laughs> yeah. They'd have been like, I bite your hand off for yeah. that. Because what happened in the last year's yeah. championship was, was individual yeah. mania at yeah. the back. Now they've just replaced the keeper, got back to the Champions League final, go again. And, and it's in Madrid. Isn't that yes. great? Like, there's a bit of uh, you know symmetry there as well. But sorry, the high press. One other yeah. thing with it as well that I think was really important in this game is no Firmino, no Salah. Mm. You know, we know that Salah is the um, the creative hunt yeah. for Liverpool like he's one of their main weapons the thing about the, that the press can do is create goals without necessarily needing to be particularly creative yeah. because you're winning the ball so high up the pitch and you can get away with having a midfield three of Henderson Milner and Fabinho who are all absolutely brilliant but you know, it's kind of like you win the ball, and you might then only have to make one pass, and it's a, and there's a chance, which is through. which is what we yeah. saw with yeah. the majority of their goals. And I think that is a that's definitely a benefit of it. You're exactly right. They didn't build any of the, well, they built the first goal. The the next three were not built. They, 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 and when I say that, they weren't constructed at the, in the center of the park. They, they Man, you know, Man City don't score goals like that. No. Liverpool didn't score a goal like Man City would. And the first, you'd say, yes, it was built, but the the save was moderately weak. And it went, yeah. on, on a better day, you'd say that it was a good goalkeeper. You know, good goalkeeper gets a goalkeeper that's having a bad day. Yeah. Liverpool's goalkeeper was excellent, and Barcelona's was not. Oh, I don't know. I think he's a very good keeper. And I think... Not judging him as a human, Rog. <laughs> I'm saying that he wasn't very good. Oh, no, I, think he's a, I think he's a shit human. He's another, <laughs> he's another absolute shit human. He's just a good keeper. Okay. He's the arrogance of the man. But... <laughs> the, the other thing about this game that I want to talk about... There's yeah. two things. First one, I had a go. We, we didn't talk about in the pod, but I talked to you about it. And I criticised Klopp in the first leg for not playing Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. Particularly because you've got um, Jordi Alba... Uh, playing on the left for Barcelona, loves to get forward. Been doing it for years and years and years. Still pretty quick. I think that uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold would have been a better um, matchup. Didn't play the first leg. Then he played in this game and was absolutely. Brilliant. He was brilliant, and he was 
He's 19, 20 years old. English, isn't he? English. Oh, it's he's great. a fucking playmaker too. He's I was going to say, like, watching him pass the ball is ridiculous. Like, he can pass left foot, right foot, cross the field, wherever. And his corner for the winning goal, like, no one else saw that coming. No one else had any idea what he was thinking. And I've never, ever seen a quick corner being taken into the six-yard box. No. To have the thought, and final ten minutes of the game, it's three or European Cup semi-final, to have the awareness to go, oh, Origi's free, just do it and now. The confidence. Confidence. And, and, and skill. to actually pass it straight to him. But, Brilliant. You know, go back and watch the replay. The ball boy made that goal. <laughs> like take, yeah, take, okay. take, take this seriously when you go back and watch the replay he's not got enough credit this ball boy mm. so, so <laughs> because everyone's watching so there's two balls on the pitch right the yeah. reason why everyone switched off because there's two balls on the pitch and, one, and that ball went off but at the same time the ball boy had picked up the second ball and just was so quick getting it back to Trent Alexander-Arnold it was like an assist yeah. so by the time the ball was down on the spot like it was Perfect. So go back and watch it to one step yeah. prior to that. But, but he not then only that walks away and then yeah, that, then he spins around. I mean, yeah. it wasn't just the ball boy. Yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, Trent Allen, he did do well, um, but he also won that corner. Like he also yeah. realised, and that was intelligence. He realised he disappeared up a dark alley. The cross wasn't on, so he just shepherded it, shepherded it, and then and thought, I'm going to win a corner. Just played it yeah. off the guy. Yeah. And I think, but it's he's not afraid to speaking of confidence to do that. He gives the ball away sometimes. But, you know, he'll try a, a pass. And I just think to have someone like that at right back, yeah. it, you know, is amazing. And he's quick enough to, if he knows he makes a mistake, he can get back because he's super quick. So I, I thought he was brilliant. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this to you guys over the weekend or at any point, but I'm not surprised that Liverpool won. Like, I thought that they, everyone was like, oh, 3-0, it's all over. And... As soon as you get the whole Anfield atmosphere and you get a goal up and then you get a second goal, you, you know it's game on. And I do, like it was incredible to watch. Barcelona were awful on the night. Um, Messi disappeared because it had to run around, which he doesn't do. Um, but they, I just wasn't like it was incredible, but I wasn't surprised by it. I just thought Liverpool were going to do this. I'd like to give you some credit here and announce it to the world that John has been spruiking that uh, <laughs> he didn't feel even straight after the result last week. Yeah. He was spruiking that he didn't feel Liverpool were out of it, and I agree. I think part of that also was the game in mm. the first leg, in that three nil was not a reflection no. of the first leg. I think that really flattered. Yeah. Um, Barcelona. You know, uh, it could have been five. They had two two chances in the last ten. But minutes could have been of that five game. three. I think Liverpool yeah. missed three chances mm. that um, you know were were clear chances one on one. So you know I, I I think that Liverpool would have came out of that game with confidence despite the result. But I think the other thing, like you said, it happened to Barcelona with Roma. Mm. Um, we've seen it happen to PSG, obviously, when the roles are reversed and Barca came back from four yeah. nil. Um, but I was still surprised in this game that you know Barcelona were essentially like pebbles with you know the stream washing over them and they just didn't it was all happening around them and I just didn't feel like they they were still in it right to the end because they all they had to do was score but it was like they just didn't have anything like, it's like they were running in sand yeah. they, they looked like children like, Messi like was panic. having a sulk yeah. from the, as soon as the third goal went in you just watched Messi's body language I thought it was awful mm. and Suarez was the same yeah. they just looked like you know it's this is over and I'm like hold on all you've got to do is score one goal and I just I think you know I also think there's a thing here that Barcelona have been very very reliant on Messi this year um, I don't think the league has been great quality this year, but Barca have won essentially because Messi's been great and Suarez has also been very good yeah. in supporting him. But the the danger when you're so reliant on those players and they don't turn up or have a quiet game is then yeah. there's not much else. And no. that's what, like, Coutinho was completely anonymous. Yeah. Um, Vidal looked like he was just knackered. They had Vidal and um, Busquets in centre midfield who, like... Both brilliant players in their time, but are a bit older and looked laboured. They looked like, oh, this is really hard work. And you had James Milner, who's 45 years old, who's just going, no, I'm going to run around more and put more pressure on you. And then oh, I'll go and play left back if I need to. Yeah, yeah. I can do that. Um, and there was, there was a desire and an effort there, whereas Barcelona just 
went into that game thinking we're 3-0 up we'll win so credit in this game goes to John's positive thinking and the ball boys quick actions yes <laughs> what a win um, tomorrow morning is Ajax against Spurs we obviously by the time this comes out everyone's going to know the result so again who's going to win Ajax Spurs Ajax Rog Rog is going to have a think I Ajax. think Spurs is going to win Ajax as well yeah I was Spurs but I I listened to back to the shed and I was listening to Jeff and I was like you know what this I I think the Ajax <laughs> this Ajax team listen to Jeff no but I just think they, they have momentum you know and they're there's a time when you get a bunch of players together at the same time playing a certain way and they play well together and they've got a lot of talent there and I think this is their time there's, we know that the team's going to be broken up next year so I, I think that that will be enough to get um, Ajax over the line when you say they've got a lot of talent they've got Dusan Tadic up front he's but got he's, 40 goals or something he outrageous. has been brilliant but he was crap at Southampton though I know but players he's so good better. against Madrid we've what? discussed this players yeah. can improve True. people can get better at their jobs yeah. the Dutch league is very average so I think that that yeah. flatters and it. this week um, they played the cup final they did win 4-0 but they actually played a competitive game whereas last week they had a week's rest and they lost to Juve and Real Madrid at home in their games and then played the second leg away and won so I, I, I'm going to go Spurs Spurs are exhausted and I mean that mentally, physically it's all over and they're talking about wishy-washy dreamland now Pochettino has stopped being an astute Manager and has started just living in Care Bear Land. Yeah, he has said some weird stuff this morning. And he's 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 quoting eighties films. He's he's talking about how his dreams have already come true. Like the he's guys also said, he's going to leave if they win the Champions League. He's just on Valium, I think. <laughs> but but I don't know. That's conjecture. Just for anyone, there is one thing here I would say. You were very negative last week about the title race. Full-gone conclusion. Man City Machine's going to win. Liverpool are going to lose to Newcastle. I'm very, very glad that that didn't happen. And I'd be quite glad tomorrow if you were wrong again and Spurs uh, do be high. Okay, so the title race, right? Yeah. So Liverpool have lost once this year to Manchester City. Yeah. By... No, because they almost scored a goal, but it was yeah, not I, over the yeah, line I, I, by twelve millimeters. I was there. Was. I was there. Right. So let me let me finish this one. Yeah. There are there are top two teams. One of them has only lost once to the team that are above them. I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. But the let's start with the Liverpool game. Oh, against Newcastle well just briefly because we just talked about Liverpool but that was also an amazing game but I more want to talk about Newcastle in this oh, yeah. because I I was surprised like we know that Rafa can set his teams up and be pretty dour mm. um, and I wonder if this was just because it's a Newcastle Liverpool game we all remember those amazing 4-3 um, games yeah. um, but I thought this was a brilliant game like it was open, but I really, I was really impressed with Newcastle. They played some really good football, and if I was Mike Ashley, I'd just be doing everything I can to get Rafa to sign a new contract. They like, they went for it, and I think, yeah. I think Rafa went. Well, yeah, I want Liverpool to win the league, but I'm not going to just sit here and defend and let them win it. So just go and attack, and we'll see what happens. And chaos ensued, which was brilliant. Um, and two looked really good. I thought. Yeah. Um, Rondon quick. caused a lot of problems. You, you know, you're saying Rondon's on loan, right? From West Brom. It's on loan from West Brom. There, there's some really funny stipulations in this loan contract. Have you heard about this? No. So, West Brom have loaned Rondon. Now, if West Brom get promoted to the Premier League, Rondon costs Newcastle more money than he would have cost if they stayed in the Championship. So it's something like six million up to nine million, whatever. Yes. Loan fee or transfer, transfer fee, fee to them so within the contract. Yeah. However, um, uh, Newcastle loaned Dwight Gale to West Brom. Yes. Dwight Gale, um, something like Dwight Gale's cheaper if they go up. So Newcastle essentially have been absolutely shafted that their striker <laughs> is going to get West Brom up. To then cost them more money for the striker that they deemed to be better than him when they lent out in the first place. <laughs> and they're going to get less money. And they're going to get less money. Yeah, that's wow. weird. Yeah. But um, Mike Ashley is a genius. Maybe uh, it's because Dwight Gale can't play in the Premier League. He's so one of these, like, you know, yeah. plays between. I thought that's the same about Rondon, but to do Rondon, to do Rondon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good goal, actually. Yeah, um, and Man City 
beat uh, who did they beat Leicester one 0 with a Vincent oh. Company won the goal. Now, Jeff, we know you have a slight issue <laughs> with Vincent Company, <laughs> but before you begin, um, that goal out of nowhere. Like you watch Man City, you just didn't expect it to happen, and it went more in the top corner than you can get in the top corner. It was the perfect finish. Yeah. Um, and I got a lot of time for Vincent Company, and it was a great goal, top corner. He deserved it. I enjoyed it a lot. And in that moment, like yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of pressure on that at that point. You know, they they've only got what. 15 minutes left or something? Uh, it's won the 70th minute. 70th minutes. 20 minutes left. No, no, you got to win. Yeah, I could have easily... Everyone told him not to shoot. Could have yeah. spaged out for a corner. You know, he said afterwards he had the like younger Man City players would tell him not to shoot yeah. and he was pissed off because he's like, hold on, I'm the fucking captain here. But, yeah, sometimes you just have to take your hat off and say that's too good. And he, you couldn't... You're right. If you were placing the ball in the top corner, you couldn't... Do it, do it more than that, and it's it's got done the inside out swerve, which is always my favourite. If someone spanks it, it's yeah. all, the best ones are always when it swerves inside out. So I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I am sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> Explain your sick of it because you got to say. So oh, after this game, goal. everyone came out and said how great Vincent Company is and what a great leader he is and what a hero he is for Man City and you have a problem with and he is he's Mr Man City right he's been there through it all he's there before the big money came I just am sick of it right I I, okay so and I've got no foundation (laughs) for this either but it just doesn't it do your head in like the, the the 24 hours after that happened I heard nothing but but language you so evocative language that that made you believe that this man was literally the Easter Bunny like he he came and he gave chocolates to children because he's just that kind of guy like it was it was like a competition in punditry of how you could possibly compliment someone better than the previous compliment you've read and because of that it got so ridiculous that it took away from me any shine from from that goal itself so I don't hate yeah, okay. I don't hate Vincent yeah. Company what I hate is the mythology around Vincent Company yeah. because when Vincent Company comes on or they play him in the last few games of the season or whatever and keep two clean sheets they're like oh you know Captain Fantastic's back the leader among, I mean I said it all at the beginning it yeah. did, does my head in the mythology around him, to me, takes away my enjoyment from the player. Because yeah, okay. there there are other players who play for, for other teams who don't have that mythology and have just the same influence. And, and they, I, I can really enjoy them, especially if they're clubmen, they've been around for 10 years, mm. but they don't get this... This feeling like, oh, well, you know, when, when Pep's got his back against the wall, I tell you what he does—he fucking whistles and Super Vinny comes flying down from the sun <laughs> and pets. rescues him. Like, yeah. it's that that kills it for me. So, uh, this let this gave the public an excuse to slice themselves and ooze out their admiration <laughs> for this chap. And I think that he is no better than Phil Jagielka. Oh god. No, no. You're you going down Bollock Street. I've said that for a reaction. Obviously, he is better than Phil Jagielka. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I just. But that's, Mike, so that's, Michael Keane. No, I can see, I that's why I hate it. Yeah, and it gets a bit over the top. The thing that I enjoyed a little bit that's kind of not related about companies. Arc interview and stuff afterwards he's talked about his contract next year because after the game he walked around and did a whole lap of honour because it was their last home game and he was obviously emotional about it and he had all his kids there and stuff um, about but, 12 kids yeah 13 of whole orphanage because yeah. he's fucking Dr Zeus <laughs> <laughs> he's the cat in the hat isn't he <laughs> they're all in the uh, Man City Academy as well <laughs> they'll be in the team next year but um, they're in good company <laughs> God. <laughs> quick get it out John um, but he has said that they've offered him a contract for next year the kids no Vincent Company but they've said uh, he said that he wants to play football uh, so he wants to play as regularly as possible so he's actually come out and said I'm not going to sign the contract unless you can guarantee me a certain amount of games which as a Man United fan I went we'll play him every week like take him but uh, like, well, but what? he was a. He, we've also he's been a liability this year a few times. Like I, I think the game's passed him by now. But if you're a, anyone who's not in the top three teams in the league, he makes your team better. So I would like if you're going. I need an experienced head in my team. 
come in for a year whilst we've got a young team. If you're Wolves, for example, and you're going, yeah. let's push top four next year and we need experience and we need someone who can show us how to win those games and they play a back three so he doesn't have to do any running. He is made of paper though. Yeah, but yeah, he's you know, worth it. John, you're, you're spot on. Put him in the changing room. If you've got um, any very promising young defenders, so if you're yeah. Leicester and you've got Harry Maguire mm. and you're looking for someone to replace Captain Morgan... He is your man because because he will yeah. if he's going to play next to Michael Keane he's your man he yeah. will he will bring that next generation on I get that I think that's that's a really good idea and maybe Man City Man City don't need that because they've got Laporte and Stones who are probably the two yeah. best young centre backs <laughs> in the league yeah. um, the other thing with this game I would like to nod to Leicester and Brendan Rodgers in that they did give it a nudge and I thought played quite well they nearly they had made it made it a game yeah. were really solid. Um, Iniacho did he, did he remember he was an, a Man City player yeah I know. <laughs> uh, it was a pretty bad miss um, Schmeichel's uh, made a, an amazing save from Aguero's mm. header um, some, there was one of those moments where you forget and he could be his dad because mm. like, they look mm. similar and they like even the way they move sometimes when they save the yeah. ball and like he's got these massive fucking hands. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, that's that's Michael. Like, yeah, but I, I thought um, I was disappointed, obviously, because I th- I wanted Leicester to win because I don't want Man City to win the league. But it was tempered somewhat by the amazing company goal and the fact that Leicester did give it a whirl. And I'm I'm looking forward to watching Leicester again next year. I think they've got. Um, I think it's going alright for Rogers so far. And well, so, if one. you were um, Brighton, right, and this is yeah. this is something else that's done my head in. again. A lot for such a wonderfully good football week, a lot has done my head in. Yeah. But if you're Brighton and you play, and they're playing Man City this they're weekend. playing Man City this weekend, you have heard nothing but company won the league for Manchester City. It, it, it's that's been the rhetoric. It's that that goal that will be the moment that won them the league. And I'd be sitting there in Bright in Brighton squad going, hold up. You've, we we've still, still got, got we've still play. got to play them, and if Leicester can go nil nil till eighty minutes, I tell you what, we're we're more used to defending than Leicester are at the moment. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's not a foregone conclusion, and and if anything, the the mythology around that game will only provoke Brighton into going. People, you've forgotten we exist, and we can have a say in this. Well, Barca I mean, this morning before the game were like singing along to the like the. Champions League anthem or something. Oh, really? Like just just go. Well, we won this. Be, yeah, and it, and apparently Milan did it at half time in the um, Istanbul. Istanbul, um, and so maybe you're right. This is a similar thing. Unfortunately, do they have it? It's in Brighton, and I've got a horrible <laughs> feeling. This is it. This is that you're doing the same thing. Well, but I just uh, no. I I have a Brighton have been abject for weeks, and I just. They got a point against Arsenal. Maybe they're well. Arsenal have been just as bad, but I mean, I, my only hope is that perhaps now is Obi Wan Kenobi. The, no, the pressure's <laughs> the pressure's off because they are safe. Yeah, and they, they and maybe they just go. You know what? Yeah, we've heard all this. Fuck you. We're you know we're in the Premier League. We're not just making up the numbers. And maybe I almost feel better that they're safe. Because I think if they were still fighting relegation, I know on the scheme of things, we, you know, we said we want them to be fighting for something mm. to stay in the game. But I think they would almost have frozen, with, mm. and all they would have done would be backs to the wall. You yeah. know, we'll just defend. And it's we've seen that Man City's record is so good against the bad teams because they eventually break that down. Whereas they're not so good when teams actually high press come at them a bit. Mm. Yeah, and so I, I mean, hopefully we, that's we spoke what about it. Brighton set high traps. They're, they're gonna. They're, they've got the freedom now to do it, and they also. This is. They actually have a genuine chance to be part of one of the most memorable ends to a football season we know. I think that's. I don't think that should be underrated because I think you can write yourself in history books this weekend because they all play at the same time. Yeah. And if you're a Brighton player and you're Lewis Dunk and you score the goal that equalises against Man City, everyone forever know that Lewis Dunk won Liverpool the true title or whatever so this is it it's your chance and I think because everyone plays at the same time I think that changes the whole scenario because you don't know what's happening in the other team uh, the other games and it will filter through if Liverpool go 2-0 up at half time and it's 0-0 at Man City Brighton the whole level of pressure suddenly changes and the whole kind of atmosphere changes everyone gets tense and it's a different ball game it's not just a game of 
Man City versus Brighton, there's too much riding on it for them to relax. So I hold out hope that Liverpool can still win it, but I don't. And it's, I mean, it's, at least it's gone to the last day. Like I yeah. mean, that's you know, it, it's something wanted happened. a title race. It's great. I think it's only happened three times in Premier League history that okay. it's been started on the last day. Something that's not gone to the last day is the top four race. What, oh. a, what a pathetic <laughs> yeah. runner for results. Everyone fell been. over in a heap of turds. Just, so, just to read the results from last week. Huddersfield Town won. Manchester United won. <laughs> Arsenal won. Brighton and Hove Elvin, who haven't won a point against the top six side <laughs> in 13 games, won. Two penalties. Like, what is that? Like, Arsenal and Man United should just hang their heads in shame, go home, and be disgraced. Arsenal, focusing on the Europa League. Man United. Focusing on their paychecks. I have no idea. We talked about United last week. Um, what's, what is going on there? Why okay, is it so, so, so it's just madness. There are 23 points between second place and third place. Mm. That is crazy, isn't it? 23 points. That is only three points less than Fulham have. (laughs) Between second place and third place. That is shambolic. And we talk about a top six. We're naive idiots. We have a top Top two. two. We have a top two in this country. And we can say, not in this country, we're in Australia, we've got like 10 teams of rubbish. (laughs) We we have a top two in England. Now we can say it's because those two have gone, you know, catapulted themselves. But again... It sounds stupid, but you can only win points if other teams lose points. Mm. Where there are only so many points up for grabs, three points each game, yeah. or one fewer depending if it's a draw. So for two teams to have such high point totals, it's inevitable that there are other teams with fewer points. That's just yeah. basic. So it's inevitable. However, it's very rare for that to be the team in third, fourth, fifth, sixth. We don't have a top six. If you were teams like Wolves, Everton, Leicester, you'd be looking at next year going... This is up for grabs because some of these clubs are a shambles. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think next season you could, I, I think Man City and Liverpool will be above everyone again. And then I think you could have another seven teams battling out for those four positions. I think you can see... Which would be great. Wolves, Everton, Leicester really pushing on. And yeah, I think it would be brilliant. And they're more settled. Wolves, Everton and Leicester are in a better... Look at their squads. Mm. Okay, I'm not going to just list three squads. Yeah. But they are... Each of those clubs are in a more settled... And forward progress, progressing position, progressive position than the three clubs above them. Certainly, United. United are a shambles, and they have to have a massive rebuild. Arsenal are half a football club, and all of all of that requires not just tinkering, but if you look at um, look at Wolves, Wolves are adding to a very well structured quality squad that already know their footballing style. Everton have kept the same amount of clean sheets this year as Man City. Everton have got five clean sheets in a row at home and that was against Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. They're like they're in a they don't want the season to finish. They're in a really good spot. And Leicester since um since Bro Rose come back, Bro Rose. Uh, <laughs> is that what we're calling? Well, I'm sticking with it. You know? Um, I just think that that they are already instilling that new style, so they're all on the upward trajectory, whereas the teams above them are on the downward trajectory. And if you are any of those three clubs, you're like this is the year. It's like the Leicester year. But United finished second last year, right? But eighteen points behind Man City. Which is closer, much closer than they are now. Um, Have things improved since with Mourinho going? I don't know if they have. I don't know if he'd be any worse. I know Mourinho; it was dire, but I'm I'm actually surprised at how quickly the Solskjaer goodwill and the Labrador effect has dissipated. And I think it shows <laughs> Labrador effect. He doesn't. <laughs> I love the fact that none of those flinch. Right? Yeah, that's what he doesn't what have. To me, that means he doesn't have the respect of the players. It means that the upswing that happened with United was purely about Mourinho going. It had nothing to do with Solskjaer coming in because he can't get these guys to play football. So my worry with United is how is he? How is he going to do that next year? Um, without getting rid of essentially the whole team. I don't want to talk about Midnight for hours because I spoke about them loads last week. But basically, we're screwed and we won't do better next year. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it won't get better. Solskjaer will be gone, I reckon, by Christmas. 
Um, maybe a little bit after that. But yeah, I don't think it will get better. And then we'll be in the same position that we were with Mourinho and we'll finish sixth or seventh. And I don't think it will change. I, I think th- Pogba will go. I um, think it will. I think Sanchez this will go. Summer, yeah. you think yeah. Pogba. I see, I read three articles this week that talked about building team around Pogba. And I'm like, well, hold on. He, it doesn't look like he wants to be there. We had your Walks. brilliant walking <laughs> stat. So is he really the man to like build the team around? Like it, uh, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's funny, though, because you think... I think it, we have spoken more about... I was going to say two for one. More about Manchester United being crap than we have about Manchester City being good. Yep. And isn't that strange? It's almost like we enjoy... The Bad m- news is the best news. The misery of United's... Peril more than the than the perfect machine of Manchester City. Well, I probably do. Okay. If, if you want like a, a short answer, <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think that's far better. It's far better thing to, to mull over. My, some of it might be our age because we, you know, it's still relatively fresh. We've been waiting for it. Memories of United being so good for so long that I'm I'm still sick of it. I'm yeah. still sick of United <laughs> winning everything. And I've had twenty years of Man United winning everything, so yeah. I don't actually know what to say or do uh, yeah. in this scenario. But I mean, I if that is what happens and United drop off and we have those teams that we talked about progressing next year I think that can only be good for the Premier League oh yeah the team I wanted to talk about is Chelsea because um, we've given them a lot of flack constantly this season basically but they're guaranteed top four they're third at the moment they're probably going to get to the Europa League final so they could win that trophy they got to the League Cup final at the start of the season with no pre-season for Sarri, that's a good season. Like They've done really well. You would argue that they are, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, having sat here for the last 37 weeks and just pulled them apart, because some of it's disgraceful, and I still don't think Sarri Ball works in the Premier League, and I'm going to say that if he lasts three years, I'll say that for three years until he gets sacked, and then I'll tell you that I told you so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> however, you'd argue that they are, of those, they're the ones that are moving in the right direction. Yeah, and I think so. There's another thing, another positive that although there's, we've been quite negative about um, the younger players and him not playing them, compared to the start of the season, the profile of Hudson Odoi and probably over the last um, you know five to ten weeks, um, Loftus Cheek as well, their profiles improved, um, and I think we will see them playing more next year if they're both at Chelsea. So I think that's another positive. Not only have they got Champions League, they've got to the final to, um, you know, potentially going to get to two finals, yeah. um, <clears throat> may win something, but their young players are also coming through. And I mean, I I almost hope that they do their transfer ban sticks because I would I'd just find it really interesting. Um, I think they'll do better to, to see all these players coming in. Yeah, and, I, and, and I'd like got, to. They've see got them. Pulisic coming in from Dortmund, who scored at the weekend. Okay, yeah. Um, they'll lose Hazard, so Pulisic comes in as a straight swap. He's not as good as Hazard, obviously, but he's a good player and he's young. Hudson Odoi is a year older. Loftus Cheek's a year older and better. Like they got a really good team. They give, keep Higuain up front, whose goal at the weekend, by the way, was brilliant. I yeah, his goal. <clears throat> great strike um, finish. He's fat and slow, so he needs to get fit. But he scores goals. But he scores goals. Problem is, in my opinion, is still the fact that Sarri religiously plays four at the back and Chelsea have players that play best in a three. But he hasn't had a summer transfer window, so he hasn't been able to sign anyone. If he goes and buys two centre-backs and a left-back... Or gets Zuma back. Yeah, you suddenly go, oh, they got a good team. Um, one other thing we should talk about briefly, because he's probably going to go, is Hazard. So he got another two assists... Um, at the weekend so he's been involved in 31 goals Premier League goals this season for Chelsea 16 goals 15 assists Uh, only Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank Frank Lampard and Didier Drogba have had more in a campaign for Chelsea so he's quietly had another pretty amazing year he's also got 15 assists this year which is more than anyone else in the um, big five leagues so I think we haven't really talked about him that much like he wasn't I don't think he was really in the conversation for um, PFA Player of the Year or anything, no. but he's had another great year. In a struggling uh, team. In really. a struggling team. And I mean, I a bit of me hopes that he does go to Madrid, just because I'd like to see if he can go to that next level um, and be... Because we know if he stays in the Premier League, he's going to do the same thing again. It'll be really good, but could he be one of the best players in the world? I think so. I, I think at the moment he's one of the problems at Chelsea. Yeah. 
I, I, know, I know that he like a messiah complex. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they stats are exceptional, but what that the, what sits behind that is that Chelsea play through Hazard, which we know we know that it goes to Jorginho, and then it goes to Hazard. He either does something or he doesn't. And the fact that he has the ball in penetrating positions so much to have those assists and score those goals means that they're constantly searching for him, and they will be a more balanced side without him. It's it's you know one of those it's like we're Spurs more balanced side without Gareth Bale. You're not going to say they're better, mm. but you're going to say that they are actually more balanced. Sometimes that's real. It's a real thing. If you yeah. remove that player, yeah. the team plays better, even without that kind of star quality. So I think Chase Chelsea will be better off without the distraction of Hazard. Maybe Chelsea are going to win the league next year. No, no. Okay. Um, someone who's not going to win the league next year is Cardiff because they got relegated. Well, they might win the championship. No. Fuck off, you old racist cunt. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting 37 weeks to say that. Um, Colin has gone down to the championship. I don't really care. See you later, Cardiff. See you, Colin. Bye-bye. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they tried hard. We th- we always thought it was going to happen. Weren't they like the shortest odds ever for a team to yeah, be relegated? No. Um, I think, uh, turning point for me, Sol Bamba yeah. had a great year, got injured. Since then, they've been crap. Bit of a shame they couldn't make a fight of it and take it to the last day with Brighton being so bad. Uh, I don't see them appearing in the Premier League anytime soon. No, agree. on the relegation, do are you guys going to miss anything about Cardiff, Fulham, or Huddersfield? Yes. Who's the bloke who looks like an alpaca? <laughs> um, uh, Philip um, Billing. Philip Billing. Billing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll miss him. I'll miss him. Uh, Aaron Moy. Yeah, uh, I hope Aaron Moy gets a move to the Premier League. And then I would—I like Craven Cottage. And if I am in London yeah. ever, I and I want to go see a Premier League game, I'd usually go to Craven Cottage because you can get a ticket, ticket and it's yeah. not super expensive. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in all seriousness, then <laughs> <laughs> that's a big fat. Uh, oh, it's good to see him babble back. Babel, Sessignon. Yeah. I hope Sessignon because yeah. I—I was really because I watched him a lot last year in the championship and I was like this guy is great he's like yeah. the new Gareth Bale it's amazing can't wait for him to be in the Premier League and to be honest it's been a bit of a damp squib mm. so I also hope that we get to see him have another crap yeah. I, hope, I hope say Spurs sign him and just give him a go and just give him a go play him left yeah. back and he's brilliant yeah yeah, I agree <clears throat> um, one person who did play for Fulham this week was a guy called Harvey Elliott who became the youngest ever player to play in the Premier League Good hair too. Sixteen years and thirty days. That's really young. Wow. Like he's, he's Where, where's school? What is, position does he play in? I've got no uh, idea. He's a midfielder. He's a midfielder. He's a, and he's also got a um, Ethan Ampadu. Has he got dreadlocks? Style hair. Yeah, but like uh, in a bun type dreadlocks. Wow. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What's his name? Sorry. Harvey Elliott. Harvey, Harvey Elliott. Elliott. Sounds like the baddie out of Batman. What's he called? Harvey Lex Luthor. No, Harvey Dent. Ah, Two Face. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah, you're on Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's move down to where Harvey Elliott will play next year, which is the Championship. Bristol City didn't make it into the playoffs, Rog. Are you sad? Uh, I am a bit, but I'm also quite proud uh, because I think the Championship this year was a particularly good year. Um, there's some really high quality teams there and I think to although Norwich and Sheffield United got promoted when you say that but they played some brilliant football this year <laughs> like, I mean I'll be interested to see how they go mm. next year particularly Norwich played some very very good football in the Championship this year and um, so I think finishing 8th is not a disgrace but frustration because I um, the trouble is when you miss out on the playoffs or, or when you miss out on promotion you're then worried about other teams that are bigger coming in for your your better players and then <clears throat> you got to start again and there's also talk that Lee Johnson might be um, in line for the West Brom job Yeah, <clears throat> and I've been really impressed with him at City so I hope he doesn't go but again I'm glad it went to the last day and you got to take your hat off to Derby uh, you know three games before the end of the year they came to Bristol City and won at Bristol City and then they've um, beat West Brom convincingly on the last day um, so I, they go into the playoffs with a with a bit of promote uh, a bit of momentum and whereas Leeds are a bit the opposite so and they play Leeds on they, Saturday and Leeds have really stalled in the last um, sort of six weeks and so I I mean I'd almost back Derby in that I so guess. Play, Villa play West Brom and then Derby play Leeds. Who goes through from the two-legged playoffs? Villa Derby. 
Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, I'd go with that. And then Villa, I think will. Um, they've they've just you know for the, for the last third of the season they've been great and they've got enough sort of big game players there that have done it before. Yeah. Um, I I think they'll. And up. I like their manager, so I kind of hope they do go up. So it's a shame because we all three of us, if we're going to be honest, we were been rooting for Leeds all year. Yes. yes. So to see him, I really wanted the resurgence of a of a of a club that had paid their dues and back you come. But football is a vicious mistress of the night, as they say. <laughs> is that what they say? That is what they say. Um, right. Does anyone have any side stories before we go on to the last end feature of the season? Last end feature of the season. I yeah, I saw a um uh, you, you know towards the end of the season there's always like random tables that come out of random stats yeah one um, wet my whistle this week <laughs> of yellow cards for diving oh okay guess which team you think has received the most yellow cards for diving in the Premier League in the Premier League uh, Everton no the way you're saying it makes me think it's unusual sorry for someone like Burnsley no Melanti no, this will get boring. There's only okay. 17 other teams. Well, just tell Arsenal. Well, that's not surprising. Why? Why do you, what do you mean that's not surprising? Well, it's very Arsenal. <laughs> it's very <laughs> Arsenal. Yeah. That's not an argument. What well, is? It's very Arsenal. Come on, they got they don't they never have many English players and they all dive a lot. <laughs> oh my god! All right, Neil Warnock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get your Brexit vote out. Yeah. Uh, now I've got a, a side story as well. Yeah, go on. Uh, now we've got rid of Arsenal, diving Arsenal. Uh, isn't there even a song about the same old Arsenal always cheating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But cheating. Yeah, but you. But that all song also is everyone else, depending on who's singing. No, in my head, it's Arsenal. <laughs> um, so some sad news: Notts County. Oh, they got relegated, <coughs> didn't they? So they have left the football league. Now they were the world's oldest football league club, 157 years. Juventus's black and white stripes are actually based on Notts County. Mm. Uh, and they're now gone. So, a founding member of Football League in 1888, there will now be a non-league side. And that's the first time they've been a non-league side. Yeah. And they were in the first ever Premier League season in 1992. Yeah. And they are the only Football League, or now non-league Football League club, to have their name be officially its abbreviation. Oh, so they're not Nottingham County. No, they're, they're actually Notts County. And do you remember that time someone ploughed a load of money into them and signed Sven as manager and got Sol Campbell oh, yeah. to play there and, oh, and, now, yeah. and now Sol Campbell sent them down yeah and well and then they because they came with all this money and went we'll pay you loads of money and then the guy who was just making it up had no money and then they all left anyone got any other Notts County facts whilst we're here because well, I'm enjoying this so Sol Campbell yeah. um, <laughs> is now managing Macclesfield Town mm. uh, and they got a result on the last day of the of the season which sent Notts County down wow um, and Macclesfield they were seven points from safety when he took over yeah. so he's done really he's well he's done a good job yeah. um, my he's s- been banging on about it for a long time now hasn't yeah. he I'm sorry but he's been he's been banging a drum about him being a manager for a very long time so it's about time he did something um, pull your finger out Sol I've got a side story about Nottingham Forest's uh, player of the year a guy called Joe Lolly mm-hmm. who I've never heard of um, but I really enjoyed he tweeted after getting voted for being player of the year I would like to sincerely thank you to say sincerely thank you to none of my teammates. This is an individual award and all about me. Oh. <laughs> and just as a joke, like it's, but I like it because uh, he wasn't just going, oh yeah, I've got to say thanks to my teammates and thanks to this person. Okay, um, sorry, I did have one more. I wanted to get your opinion on it. Oh, go on. Um, so if you heard about that, um, uh, that bloke Huzama Chaudhry. Chowdhury. Chowdhury. Is that the same? Chowdhury? Is that how you pronounce it? Chowdhury. Yeah, for Leicester. Yeah. Plays for Leicester. Yeah. Have you seen that? Good he, hair. It, oh, great hair. This kid is the next Will I Am. Um, have you seen that? So he's 21 mm. and he's just been fined by the FA for a tweet where he made a joke, a racist joke, when he was 14. Yeah. In, no, in 2013. So back when he was basically 13, Six. 14 years yeah. old. He made a joke on Twitter, and now he's 21. Someone's dug it out. And he's got fined for it. And he's got fined for it. That's a bit bizarre. It's like, he's come out and apologised for it, so good on him for apologising on it. But it is, for me, it's just a real 
horrible indictment on how oh, journalism, journalism. Yeah, like, you know, it's gutter journalism. Don't be racist. We know that. That's shit. <laughs> Fourteen years old. What fourteen-year-old hasn't made a mistake and said a stupid thing? And it, Cause, exactly. Because you're fourteen. Like, yeah, just exactly. Fuck off. Like I honestly, that whoever published that article. That journalist was it your mate Carl? Carl from, was yeah. like, just <laughs> struck off. Like I hate. It happens all the, like the you know as soon as there's something happening. Like at the moment in Australia, it's um, an election, mm. so you can just see them scrambling to find. Oh, I bet this person has said something bad on their Facebook in the last twenty years. Fuck off! Like yeah. it's not news if it happened that long ago. But I just don't like it because it means that kids grow up in a world of paranoia going yeah. I can't say or do anything because it all gets recorded and you can't just don't express. have Facebook yeah true so yeah and, and his, it wasn't just a, like he made a, a joke um, about black players running quickly he made a joke about women's football not being an advert for the game yeah okay like they're the things that, that he's been fined for and and you're absolutely right if you have an elite player go to an elite academy who's 12 years old they their bubble starts there Mm-hmm. Because they they will be media trained from that point, so that they don't cause their club shame, yeah. and that in itself is going to you won't be able. We have a bunch of Theo Walcotts running around, <laughs> or we'll just have a bunch of robots to play for Man City that win every week. Um, Jeff, have you got a song for end feature yeah. for the uh, last one of the season? Penultimate, John. There is a word for that. Song. <laughs> Wait, yeah, did you say the last? What's the last time we get to place a bet? Second to last. Oh, no, last. Oh, no, we bet. Oh, last weekend of the season. But we've got a. Um... We'll be here next week. So we better we? have a bet on something. Yeah, but, yeah well, we'll work out later. <laughs> we've got to have a bet <laughs> if, if we're not an important Okay, so how are we going, John? So, <laughs> season update. As a whole, we have spent $1,060. Oh, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. <laughs> We've won 1,044. So we are $16 down as a collective. And we've got two weeks to go, two bets to go. Jeff, you're sat on $147. Oh, that is damning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sat on 320. And Rog, you're sat on 568. Oh, Roger, where would we be without you? So I've at least broken even. Yes. But there is, you're more than. You're up. Yeah, you're well up. Um,. Jeff's the one that's losing out here. Um, but there is new rules just for this final week. Rather than just having maximum two legs, you can do whatever you want to see if you can make up some money. So, Jeff, do you have plans? I do, but it's not that convoluted. Oh, yeah. I think that Jamie Vardy is going to score a hat trick against Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> why are you laughing? And will that game top goal scorer? Yeah, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing at that? Because I don't think he's going to score a hat trick. But that's not. I, why not? Give him. Some, okay. Give him. Have some faith. How much is it paying? Thirty-one dollars. Wow. I think the, the my logic behind that okay. is that Jamie Vardy is a good goal scoring striker, and Chelsea have a poor defence. <laughs> There we go. How's that? How do you like them apples? Heard it here first. <laughs> I hope it happens. <laughs> um, I thought you were just going to go your goals bet last Thursday. Yes, yeah, so every year I bet that there's going to be a goal in every game in the last week of the Premier League. Every year. Which is fair enough. That's never come in. It's, it's one week. And it was going to be, I was going to do it again, because again, it's only they only pay like a dollar and three cents for, yeah. for it to just have one goal. So it only ever equates to like three bucks. Yeah. And to be honest, it takes more time to do it than is, it's worth well, it. I'd rather just throw two dollars down the toilet yeah, than okay. bother. Um, Rod, you look like you've just written an essay. Now I've got to put this up on the website. So, well, let's just say goals. Okay, I've gone goals. Do you, do you want me to run through the games or not? <laughs> no, no. Just what have you gone for? Uh, Brighton, Man City, goals. Southampton, <laughs> Huddersfield, goals. When you say goals, over two and a half. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham, Everton, goals. Slightly less goals, one and a half. Leicester, Chelsea, goals. Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, goals. Burnley, Arsenal, goals. Watford, West Ham, goals. What's it paying? Uh, $20.93. Wow. It's a big call. Um, So now my bet is worth $25.27, which if I win means I will be $3 ahead of Rog. Oh, see, you (laughs) designed it. (laughs) This is purely designed to beat Rog. I've gone for Leicester to beat Chelsea. Vardy hat trick. 
<laughs> I didn't add that in um, because Chelsea have made the top four now and will relax and Brendan Rodgers or Broro loves trying to win I put Bournemouth to beat Palace yeah Palace um, crap at home Palace don't give a shit they're on a hot beach Bournemouth this is a game that doesn't matter so Bournemouth will try hard mm-hmm. and I put Watford to beat West Ham because Watford have an FA Cup final to play for to get in the team they're at home those three legs are paying $25.27. Wow, it was, that's um, decent odds. I feel yeah. like you've thought about that a bit more than me. Yeah, I really want to beat you, Rog. Yeah. This, is, <laughs> this well, is the most effort I've put into a bet all season. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, has anyone got anything before we go? Yes, it is next week our awards special. Um, I think so. I don't know. Yeah, I'm maybe we're very just... excited about our awards special. Should we be in touch with everyone about whether we'll it's going to be? We'll let everyone know. We'll either do. We'll work. Well, let's say this we'll is see... a, a slick running machine here. <laughs> this is a production meeting live on air. <laughs> but uh, if this weekend is very exciting, <laughs> then there'll be plenty to talk about. Yeah. If it is a damp squid, we'll do awards next. Are week. you hedging your bets? Deal. That yes. sounds like a good deal. Right. So if, any, um, if, yeah, if, if anything's worth chatting about, <laughs> we'll have a chat about it. If it's like Liverpool dr- draw with Wolves and it's all over, and you're like, nah. So. But um, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back in the shed next week, um, maybe with the awards. <laughs> maybe not, but we'll keep you posted on social media. So as always, get in touch via email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com or search us on Facebook and Instagram just search Football Shed Podcast and don't forget to leave us a review make it a five star one and um, we'll be back next week thanks Thanks. everyone thanks for listening bye bye